Welcome to the Restless Soul Podcast. We're all restless in a way, chasing after things to find some kind of meaning in this crazy world. Each episode, a guest will share their story and talk about their spiritual quest to satisfy that deep longing. For me, I was restless before I knew God, and now I'm restless as ever. But enough about me. On to the pod. All right, Kevin. Well, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, my brother. Um, well, so let's start off. Tell me about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Um, yeah, so my name is Kevin Sanchez. I'm a graduate student at University of Notre Dame. I've got like a year left, ideally, if my boss lets me out. Uh, in my PhD, I'm getting my doctorate in biological sciences. Um, let's see, what else is relevant? I'm married. Uh, my wife and Hallie and I celebrated our four-year anniversary um, just, I guess, about a month ago. Um, yeah, so have a passion for science, have a passion for life, have a passion for God, and uh, yeah, that summarizes up me pretty, pretty, pretty easily. <laughs> and when you left out your mad boxing skills, bro. Oh yeah, I am a, I'm pretty much addicted to all forms of martial arts. I'm a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's ongoing. Unfortunately, we had to stop because of the COVID. Um, and then I also did, I mean, they have the Bengal Bouts tournament here at the University of Notre Dame. So I did that for a year and that was amazing and super fun. Um, again, that's going to have to stop because of the COVID. But I mean, the martial arts journey isn't going to stop really ever at this point. Now that now that I've been bitten, that, that bug isn't going to let up. That's for sure. But yeah, and I mean, I could talk about myself all day. I'm ex- oh, I'm extraordinarily extroverted. So, if you run into me on the street, please say hello. I guess, but <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, that, this is good. This is good. Uh, I feel like a lot of times when I'm uh, talking to people, I've I've only done a couple of these so far. But a lot of times, mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like I'm like really energetic, and so it's awesome to be uh, to be talking to someone who who can share that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fun. So well, let's um, let's move on to your your spiritual walk, man. So tell me, how did your spiritual journey begin? Oh boy, um, let's see. I guess we can give the we can give the full arc. So um, I'm the second eldest of nine. Um, I grew up. We moved around a bunch when I was a kid. At least it felt like that. We moved. I was born in St. Louis, and then we moved to a couple different areas of Florida. And then we moved to North Carolina, and that's where I spent, uh, I would say, the most of my formative years. Um, then we moved to uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in when I was in high school or something like this. And it was it was about that interface. You know, when I was when we were closing up stuff at in North Carolina and moving to Wisconsin, that I was really starting to engage in my faith. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, how it, how it started. I mean, the, the, the faith journey has been a long one. It's had tons of pitfalls and everything else, but, um, I mean, God is good. He's able to, he's been able to like pull me out of a thousand and one different ruts. Um, and yeah, it's really hard to envision my life without God at this point. Although, I mean, there was a, there certainly was a, a period um, when I was in, I guess I must have been in middle school and into high school. No, it was, it was in, it was in high school when I was just like, okay, I really needed to figure out the whole God thing. Like, is he real, for example? Um, and then should I care if he's real? Um, like, is he a good entity, whatever he is? Is he a good flying spaghetti monster or what have you? Uh, yeah. So there's certainly been an, an ongoing conversion that continues to this day but that's that's basically the skeleton of how of what my life looks like and then where god sort of fit into that up until i guess until that moment where i was like okay it's time to start trying to find him instead of just waiting for stuff to happen but so so tell me about that um well i guess it all started so let's see um i remember there were several times when I realized that uh, so I was homeschooled growing up and so especially if you're if you're if you're homeschooled I feel like it's easy to feel like your your folks your mom and dad know everything right it's really easy to have that perspective 
And, um, and there was, there were a couple moments where I realized, okay, mom and dad aren't right, right about X, Y, Z or what have you. Um, at the same time, I was also being exposed to a lot of arguments about atheism, just kind of like the clinical arguments of atheism. Well, there's no evidence for God, or if there is evidence for God, then it's not evidence that he's a good God or something like this to say nothing of something like the church to say nothing of something like this rando Jesus who was like, maybe he didn't even exist. So um, it was kind of a, a shattering moment when I was like, okay, hang on a second. Not only do my folks not know what they're talking about in a couple of these specific issues, but um, it seems like the church, the Catholic church, which I grew up in also seems like they don't really don't have any, they don't have anything. They're just this kind of, um, they're just kind of a bunch of old stodgy traditions that don't influence who I am as an individual. Um, and so then I was like, okay, I just need to try and be as thoughtful about this as I possibly can. And it was about this time that I started reading uh, David Hume and a little bit of Immanuel Kant. So this must've been sophomore year, junior year of high school. Um, and so then they had some really intense things just to, I mean, they're the best philosophers in the history of the world, right? So they, they really pushed the bounds of what we think we know. Um, and so my whole thought process is like, okay, the only thing I'm going to believe is stuff that I can get to rationally, right? And so that started this whole train of like, okay, I started jumping into philosophy. I started jumping into theology. Um, it probably is an outgrowth of that. Well, I don't know. I mean, my love for science might be an outgrowth of that just because science was basically the best way I, I figured that we could discover truths about the world until I realized that philosophy is undergirding science just as much um, as it undergirds everything. But uh, yeah, I'd say that's probably, that was that was where like my, my walk with God really started to become my own because before then it was just God getting me out of scrapes and God, like, dear God, please help me in this situation. Please forgive me for X, Y, Z. And it was only when I started to doubt the existence of God or doubt whether or not he was good that, um, that I started to really get to know the guy, if that makes any sense. But yeah, so that was probably when it started. And then, um, and then, I'd say I probably reverted to at least theism um, middle of my junior year or probably senior year and then reverted to at least Christianity like in college. And then it's probably been like when I finished college, then I started to really revert to uh, Catholicism because I realized how incredible it, it truly is. So yeah, that's basically my, my story in another nutshell, but <laughs> Well, we're just gonna keep no. cracking them open, man. No, for sure, dude. <laughs> What's that line from? Uh, I don't know why I thought of this from Shrek. Where Shrek's like, uh, yeah, it's like onions. Dude, I don't know Shrek. He's <laughs> like <laughs> Shrek's like to, to donkeys like uh, uh, he's like ogres are like onions because they stink. No, they have layers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that works. <laughs> so let's pull back some layers here. So okay, so. Um, so I'm curious to know like more about like what was it like getting to like know God to believe in him and then to like seek him and then mm -hmm. uh, so tell me a little bit about what that was like on a human uh, perspective and then like and then how did that then turn into um, the church like and then and then following him continually into the church with the church right um Okay, just so I'm, so I'm clear on what you're asking. So first of all, what is it that compelled me to to interact with the divine from a personal perspective? And then what convinced me to interact with the divine from a Catholic perspective, almost? I, I think so, yeah. I, kind of to, to be more specific, like what did that relationship look like between you and God in, in okay. both those stages? Okay, so... Um, Honestly, okay, to be honest, the when I realized, like, okay, I believe in God, that's an assumption I'm willing to make. Um, like, if you assume X, Y, Z, then I think it, then I think it, it follows, or at least you have good, a good argument for God. And, and, and at that point, God was very much like a clinical type of like, okay, 
at least we know that whatever it is, the God is out there. That's, that's fine. And dandy. That's fantastic. Um, and honestly, the, the things that really compelled me to uh, interact with God, like on a personal level and the thing that really started to bring out my personal relationship with God. Um, I mean, a lot of it stemmed from the writings of C.S. Lewis. I think he does. I mean, I feel like C- actually C.S. Lewis is probably one of the most influential uh, writers for me in terms of my faith life. Um, cause like, it's so interesting cause he'll write something or like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I never knew. I always wanted to say. Um, and, and specifically, I think probably the, the turning point for me was reading his book till we have faces. So till we have faces, um, it's a retelling of, of a myth. Um, and it, it, it tells the story about this, uh, this, this woman who has this incredible amount of horrible things happen to her. Um, and yeah, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. So everyone just go and read till you have faces. Uh, one or two things is going to happen to you. You'll always be like, I have no idea what that meant. And I really don't care. Or you're going to be like, wow, not only does God exist, but he loves me. And also I love him so much. Um, but one of the things that comes up in that book is this one argument. And I realized I was, it was so true. Um, and, and, and it's an argument that it's called the argument of longing, right? And so the general framework of the argument is we have desires to eat because we have a corresponding thing to satiate that desire, which would be food or to drink because we have a corresponding thing that satiates that desire, which is drink or for sex or what have you. We also have, and you see this throughout history, we also have this weird desire to interact with the transcendent to interact with something and 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 c.s lewis again calls this 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 longing that he calls joy and i remember reading that as something similar in in uh, till we have faces and then in a different book by c.s lewis surprised by joy and thinking to myself oh my gosh i have had that longing my entire life like i've i've wanted something like i can almost like there's something on the other side of reality that I almost sometimes feel like I could just reach out and, and grab. And, and that's the most unscientific and unphilosophical argument you can come in contact with. But at the same time, that was when, when I realized that there was something else that was reaching back for me. Uh, and I realized that through the writings of Lewis, that was when I was like, Oh my gosh, all the pain that I have to go through in this life is, is worthless it doesn't matter it does not matter at all it, because i know not only am i really small and kind of irrelevant in the grand scheme of things but there is something on the other side that is, that is trying desperately to get to me and it's something that i've been trying to get to like you were talking about in the beginning this restlessness like what is it what is this thing that i just keep trying to reach out for and that's what and that would be god in this case and so then when i realized that that thing that i've been just like longing for was god that was when it took a much more personal uh, relationship with, with Christ and what that looked like. And, and honestly, that was when I uh, connected more with um, a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters because they do a fantastic job of stressing the relationship with Christ that I think Catholics don't unfortunately do as well. Um, but it's something we absolutely need to learn from our Protestant brothers and sisters. Um, but yeah, so I'd say that's probably how... Um, that's what my relationship with God looked like as I was, I say, okay, so there's, there's the, there's the two stages. There's like the personal relationship side. And then there's like the ecumenical side, which is the Catholic side. And so in terms of the personal relationship with, with God side, that was, that's that story. Um, in terms of the, and honestly, that's, that's enough to get you through life for a lot of people, I think, um, because you're just like, if you know that you love God and that God loves you and you can look at everything that happens in the world through that framework, then that changes everything really. Um, it changes the way you live your life, changes everything. Um, now in terms of like Catholicism, um, honestly, I mean, I've always been raised in Catholicism. So I was just like, well, eh, I'll just do this one. Um, and that coupled with the fact that it, it, from what I had learned at the time, it was kind of the OG, the OG church based on what I know. It's like, well, it seems to make sense that if God made a church, he would make sure that it wouldn't just fall apart or it shouldn't fall apart. And the fact that everything is falling up off of falling apart from it, it's just, 
it seems like that's a problem of humans, not a problem of, of, of God or the church that he would found. Um, so a little bit of that was apathy. What I've learned since then is again, number one, I just philosophically, there are a lot of things that our Protestant brothers and sisters hold to that I don't know, or at least I haven't heard arguments that compel me to leave the Catholic church, certainly. Um, and again, you have this, I, you, yeah. So the, the one thing that I, that I've really appreciated about the Catholic church is that it doesn't, it hasn't really changed all that much. You have, you have like different popes and you have different encyclicals that are written and you have different layers to that hierarchy, but the Catholic church, to my knowledge, and again, I'm not, I don't know Catholic teaching that well, but it doesn't seem like it's changed. The, I feel like the one thing that the Catholic church claims and for better or worse is that it does not change no matter what. <laughs> and so to me, that was really compelling because to me, it seemed like if this is true about, if this moral statement is true, or if this belief about Christ is true, it would make sense that it would be true. It would be held true by, if there's a divine institution, it would make sense that that truth would be held throughout time. And I haven't seen that for a lot of Protestant denominations. Um, again, this is not to say that um, we shouldn't learn absolutely from our pro our Protestant brothers and sisters. Um, and I think we desperately need to learn from them. Um, but in terms of just like a, a structure, like a, a concrete thing, I, it's, it's hard for me to find something other than that satisfies. Uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to find anything that really can compete with the Catholic church at this point. I mean, it's just, it seems like it's very consistent. It seems like it's very philosophically consistent. Um, it has an incredible, awesome reputation for doing incredible good throughout history. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. So, I mean, again, so I haven't dived into um, Catholic theology as much as I have philosophy or arguments for and against God, but uh, I certainly haven't seen anything to argue against Catholicism and, uh, and I've seen a lot of compelling arguments for Catholicism. So, Gotcha, man. And so let's backpedal just a little bit, because I know that, you know, you mentioned at the start of the show, um, you work in, in the biology department. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. Um, so you've got, um, so you're science minded, and I'm sure there's a lot more to, to get into that. So I'm kind of curious, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, in high school, you were seeking God, but you had, you know, you had a lot of... Uh, philosophical challenging, but I'm curious in the science side, um, you know, being Catholic, you know, we know that science and faith can go hand in hand, which is beautiful. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your, um, passion of the sciences. Um, that seems to be a huge part of, of, of who you are and now your, your career. I'm curious mm -hmm. to hear a little bit about how, um, the sciences coincided with your pursuit of God. Oh, how did my sciences coincide with my So it's really interesting because I think that it is a damn shame that every single, that people will walk around and say that you cannot have a faith life and also be scientifically minded. I think that's ridiculous. I think they ask completely different sets of questions. I think that the whole, um, there's a set of premises that you need to, there's a whole bunch of assumptions you have to make in order to believe in science that, I mean, it's, it's just, they ask completely different questions, science and philosophy versus, and theology. Right. Um, so I guess, honestly, I got into the sciences thinking that first of all, I knew it was like a good like it, it's it's a really a, like a strong degree like like you really wanted to like okay I want to get a, a a degree that really is going to push me and I know that science is really it, it pushes you um although that does sound kind of arrogant so maybe it maybe it pushes people differently but it certainly pushed me um but honestly I walked into it because I was like okay this is such a really cool world that we live in and I grew up like watching Zaboomfu and watching Kratz creatures and watching like all the different BBC, like, you know, shows that 
had nature or whatever. And that was all this really cool. I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool, just like world that we engage with. It'd be really neat to like explore it more. And, and specifically I wanted to like get involved with work with animals because like, oh, that's a really cool animal. I should learn more about it. Um, but as I spent more time in the sciences, it became apparent that a lot of people thought that this is something that couldn't go, that you couldn't hold a scientific worldview and a faith-based, like a, a, a worldview that allowed for God. And so I was curious about that. And so I, I was like, okay, I'll dive a little bit deeper into this. And as I dove a little bit deeper into it, I realized a couple of things. Number one, I loved this stuff. It is so cool. And it is so incredibly complex. And the more I learned about science, like one of the most fun things in the world to do is to like, listen to a story put forth by a scientist and then be able to tell that story to other people. I think that's one of the most fun things in the world. Like whenever I hear a story about a bacteria and I study bacteria, whenever I hear a story about a bacteria and a different weapon system of bacteria, my first thought is like, oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing that ever happened to the world other than this other bacteria and its weapon system. Um, and then my second reaction is I have to tell somebody about this. There's this like, there's this weird like scientific evangelization thing um, that I think is, is natural and good. So that's the first thing I realized that I loved science and I loved exploring this world. And the second thing I realized is that this has absolutely, again, this has absolutely nothing to do with faith. There's been nothing in science that I have learned and I'm almost done with my PhD. And then I'll probably postdoc after this, who knows, but in my entire time in the sciences, I've never found anything that makes me think, Oh, there's no God. It just, Hmm. A different set of questions. Now, maybe it's because I'm a biologist and not a physicist, but I don't know. It just seems like it asks a completely different set of questions. Whether or not God exists, whether or not the concept of God can exist seems much more philosophical. And you can get fingerprints, I think, of God through the sciences. Um, but it seems like it just asks a completely different set of questions. Now, I certainly grew more appreciation for God as I dove more into the sciences. So like I grew up and I was like, when I was a kid, like I would read biology textbooks or whatever that would say like, well, evolution can't exist because math or something like this. Um, And that always left me wanting. I thought I was like, it can't just be like you make this pretty little argument. And then this entire excuse me, theory that undergirds basically what all the scientists in the world are saying is just bunk, right? I don't think, I didn't think that that was really fair. I wanted to hear evolution side. And once I heard evolution side and realized how compelling it is and how much evidence we have for evolution, this didn't scare me regarding God at all. It just made God bigger to me. So it's like, again, like uh, say, like there's this phone right here, right? That's really cool. Like if I said God made this phone, you'd be like, okay, cool. But if I told you that God made a system that would inexorably make this phone, that's so much more impressive to me. It's just like, wow, you just made, instead of just making individual teeny tiny things with just like the magic of God creation, you made this entire universe that can inexorably move in an evolutionary way or it's, it's, it's so much cooler to me. Um, and it makes God so much bigger. And it also, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy in my mind. It's easy to say God did it, right? God just made the dog, the Australian shepherd, my Australian shepherd as my Australian shepherd is. Um, but I don't know. I feel like taking a step back just makes God bigger and cooler. I don't know. That's the only way I can, I can say it. And if I thought more about it, I'm sure I could come up with a more concise and flowery way of putting it, but that's the way I see it. Yeah, man. No, I, I thought about that too, man. I I've, when I started thinking about that, um, I don't know, in college after my conversion, I was thinking about that too. And I was thinking like, yeah, like it's actually, it is a beautiful, um, concept to think about like God. Um, yeah, God, um, had this idea with this, all these intricacies and they would all flow down through evolution. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, man, it, yeah, just, uh, it, it's beautiful. And, um, and to that point, you know, like I've heard a lot of tragic stories about mostly with like musicians, like famous musicians who are like in the Christian industry, um, like bands like, um, oh man. I'm, uh, Hawk Nelson recently. Oh really? Uh, I was, uh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. I was thinking of, uh, 
the band that did you make beautiful things gungor gungor um they you know they their whole story is crazy but basically um yeah like people who are like yeah maybe god did work through evolution and it's and they're like scandalized and um Mm -hmm. and now you've got a lot of people with like deconstructions of their faith where they're starting to question things and then um which which is bad when people start to just to outright deny God. But I think in some sense, you know, you mentioned this too, in high school, you were like questioning things too. And, uh, and I think it's healthy, you know, like, I think it's always healthy to question, like, why do I believe like what I believe? Like, God, are you real? You know? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's like, whenever, you know, it's like, that's like, as a father, you would want your kids to ask questions, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and the father's always ready to like answer your questions. And so that's how I've always kind of related with God is like, I don't think he's upset like how dare you question <laughs> uh, you know i don't know I, i've i've found that to be true and so I, i'm sure maybe you could relate when, when the sciences and and the science might have kind of this healthy questioning where it's not like this fear-based it's just kind of like this cure this healthy curiosity right yeah no absolutely i think it's absolutely important to have a curiosity and i think now there's a i feel like there's a couple of ways you can come at this right so I think it's important for people to be able to have faith. And I think that like there's several people I know who it's like my faith in God, I I faith that God is here and loves me and works through the Holy spirit, what have you. And that's, that's it. Like there's no questioning about it. There's just have this incredible faith and I want to allow for that. Um, That being said, I don't know if that's the vast majority of people. Um, especially in a society I think really pushes that science is the only way that you can achieve knowledge. I think in a lot of ways we, um, we, we, we have a society that really pioneers knowledge and I think that's great. But um, I also think then that it's important for people, especially, um, yeah, especially parents. I think it's important that they have at least some kind of discussion with their children or have an internal discussion where it's like, okay, why do you believe what you believe? What happens when someone says, I don't believe in the Bible. Now what do I do? Right. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, I think it's, it's absolutely to ha- important to have that discussion. And I think that if you can frame it, not in a confrontational way, like, Oh my gosh, there's this, there's this big mean atheist who's going to come at you with these arguments. Right. But instead of like, okay, Let's get, like you mentioned, that's perfect. So be curious about, okay, what if this simple argument, the way I've understood it, what if it's wrong? What if it can be easily debunked? What if it's circular in some ways? And then be curious about that. Be willing to follow the evidence. And that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, okay, I really just want to make sure that I'm not lying to me when I say I believe in God. And, um, yeah, I think having a healthy curiosity is a good way to get there. Awesome, man. Well, let's let's get back to your spiritual journey. Um, so, um, I'm I'm curious to hear about um, kind of fast forwarding to um, at some point. You then um, after you came into you, you wanted to like be Catholic. At some point, mm-hmm. you know that must have turned into then. Uh, I, I guess you to use like churchy terms. I guess you became mm-hmm. like a disciple, or like you're taking your faith serious. Um, yeah. You know, you're on fire, maybe, um, and you're just like God. I'm living for I'm living for you completely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I certainly I, I would assume that being Catholic would would hopefully help you to 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 <laughs> better commit. So uh, yeah, I, I'd love to hear more about that, and 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 more specifically. Um, with your relationship with God to get, to get a little prosceny with it. <laughs> um, no, it's just Christiany. It's period. Like we all need relationships with God. That's, at, God. The, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah. That, that's kind of, that's what it's all about. So um, tell me, um, I guess the question I'm thinking of is like, what were you looking for ultimately? And how did you find that in God? You mentioned earlier you 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 always felt like there was something out there you're reaching for, so mm. so tell me, um, yeah, what were you what were you searching for and how did you find that? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's it's weird to say like, how is it that God fulfills your life? And it's like. Well, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't fulfill. 
I mean, it's like, hmm. He kind of, I go back to the same argument. So it's like, he kind of fulfills me the same way that like eating food fulfills my hunger for food, right? It's like, I have this desire to interact with the divine. I don't know why it is. I don't know why. I mean, now I know why it is, but we have it. And, and God meets that desire, that desire for relationship, I guess, um, or that desire for interaction. Now, let's see. If I'm understanding your question correctly, so how is it that God meets that desire? Is that what you're asking? How is it that God meets that desire to interact with the divine? I mean, I guess the only way you can answer that is by saying, by being divine. I mean, like, so <laughs> to put it in the context of your story, you know, so this moment where then you you committed fully to God um, with every commitment like that, that's serious. There's got to be a relationship tug to it. Otherwise, why would you, why would you do it, right? There's got to be some mm-hmm. kind of, uh, uh, yeah, you and God are tight. There's got to be something mm-hmm. going on between you and him. So um, I, I'm looking for kind of like, what was that, um, what was going on w- within you? <laughs> Honestly, the best way, to, the best way to, to frame it. Cause I just got married is like mm. with Hallie, like <laughs> the moment where you committed to her, like what mm-hmm. was going on between you two that caused you to, commit. I see. Yeah. I see. I mean, honestly it was, I mean, again, to go back to the to, to the, the C.S. Lewis way of looking at it. It's like, once I realized that the only thing that could fulfill me in that way, that could fulfill that hunger was God. It's like, okay, all right, I'm in, I'm done. Like, I don't, the only thing that can make me have meaning is interacting with this God. And, and, and it puts, again, C.S. Lewis talks about this uh, as joy being this longing, this, this longing. And he puts it so beautifully it's this longing that is longing for something that in itself, the longing in itself is better than having any type of lo- like sub longing being fulfilled. So any type of desire that we have, whether it be for food or sex or drink or money or whatever, when we get that fulfilled, there's this type of, I guess, euphoria with it, but with joy and with this longing for the divine, that longing in itself being unsatisfied is better than having all those other things satisfied. And that was so spot on for me. And then I realized like, okay, I just, I just need to serve this God. Like, cause I know if this, if this longing is giving me more meaning than being fulfilled by any of these other smaller things, then I have to serve this God. Um, I mean, it was just, it was just like that for me, honestly. Um, it's really interesting because I spend this entire time like going through arguments or going through debate or trying to follow the evidence as much as I possibly could. But the, and, and the philosopher Peter Crave talks about this in his book, The Journey. Um, I think it's called The Journey. Um, but he talks about how at the end of the day with God, it's like, you just have to decide. You really just have to decide. It's like, okay, if I believe in God, I just had to make a move. And and I think the way that God was trying to reach me was he was like hitting me with all these different arguments and that's fine and fantastic. But when, when he like indicated for just one second that he was the solution to this longing that I've had my entire life, um, that was that was more than enough for me. It was more than enough for me to say like, all right, I'm in, let's do this. Um, and then I just had to figure out how, and that's another story. <laughs> that that that's awesome man uh that totally fits like your personality you know you seem like the type of guy who's just like all in um and oh, yeah, and, <laughs> and so that that's so cool to hear that that's how it was with, with your walk too that's awesome um <laughs> and, and and honestly and saint jose maria talks about this and this is how you get into how you become like super uber catholic or how you become like super uber christian or like in terms of, I mean, I'm a huge Opus Dei, St. Jose Maria fan, but what he says is that conversion is a decision of the moment and sanctification is the decision over the lifetime. And so there are absolutely times since then, I'll be like, well, God, you know what? This sucks and I'm done with you. And then I'll be back in like five seconds and be like, okay, I'm sorry. I was wrong. You were right, probably, but I don't know yet. And it's just, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really important to realize that, that you can have those moments of, all right, God, I'm all in. 
but also be fully be like have a good enough sense of humor and don't take yourself too seriously to think that five minutes from now you're not gonna be like ah well i did say i was all in but right now i just don't really feel like being all in god so but yeah i don't know that's a different discussion for sure so so real quick um I probably should ask you this earlier, but was there moments where you did, where you tried to satisfy, um, uh, that, uh, you talking about like that desire, um, that deep, deep longing. Did you, uh, yeah. Were there moments where you tried other things than God to satisfy? I'm trying to think. I mean, in hindsight, sure, I think. Like, I mean, you try anything, whether it be, well, I need to feel meaning in my life, so I'll just fill it with playing sports. Or oh, I need meaning in life, so I will. Um, so maybe what I really need is a girlfriend or something like that, or maybe something like this. Um, I don't think that was really the case, I guess, because, I mean, I think that the desires I had for, like, sports or whatever were, like, were good. Um, I'm, just trying, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I always did. I look for meaning or something else, and something else other than God. Honestly, not really. I got to the point where I was like, okay, I could. I mean, I could try and fill this gap that I honestly I didn't think I knew I had for a good long while. Um, I could try and fill this gap with whatever. Um, but again, go back, going back to C.S. Lewis. So he had, he mentions this about how people were like, Oh, you can just use like your lack of belief for God as like a way to give yourself free reign in terms of sex. Um, and that's maybe that's, maybe that's the reason to like not believe in God. And then he's like, well, okay. I mean, you can have that perspective, but it's kind of, kind of a juvenile perspective. It's like, maybe you want to live a hedonistic life, but that doesn't change whether or not God exists, if that makes any sense. So once I realized that, okay, I have no idea if God exists and I should probably figure that out first, because as, as I interpreted it, God, if he exists is the author of everything. And I probably should listen to what he says. That's the way I saw it. And so I kind of had to bracket everything else until I figured out where I stood with God. I mean, I'm sure if I had decided God doesn't exist, I would have filled it with, God knows what, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I I needed to get through that question first, I think. Mm. But yeah, that's a, that's a really cool um, perspective. My story is 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 kind of the opposite in that I I tried mm-hmm. uh, lots of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I I guess you could say my story was more like um, c- kind of like into the faith, like as a young child, and then rebellious stage, and then. Mm-hmm. And committing it's really cool hearing you though um kind of what seems like at a at a relatively like young age um kind of like posing the question and and, and kind of like wrestling with it be- before mm-hmm. making a life like choice of like i'm gonna pursue x um because it's almost like yeah you pretty much like um even in those periods where you weren't like devoutly following god you were still in search and and you were like wanting to figure it seems like you were wanting to figure out the God question. Um, Mm -hmm. and you, you said you moved through stages, like you moved through like theism and stuff. And I think that's really, um, like admirable that you were wanting to seek. Um, I, my journey is is much more reckless (laughs) where I was just like, just, yeah, I wasn't questioning the big questions. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so, but, um, uh, uh, shout out to the band switchfoot they're actually uh they're actually like um speaking of like posing que- big questions like they're actually kind of what got me into my faith uh because their songs um pose these big questions of like this desire like being made for more like meant to live mm-hmm. you're meant to live for something more than yourselves and which kind of hits on what you were talking about about like there's something deeper so um yeah the c.s lewis of alternative rock exactly yeah they 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 love c.s lewis they talk about him all the time but oh wow jeez wow good on them they wrote a song for uh narnia or for uh uh prince caspian the second narnia movie they wrote a a song wow so i think i just blocked that out because of the really bad 
like love relationship thing between what's his name uh caspian and susan so that's that's the thing that happened. <laughs> Deleted from memory bucket. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the entire movie didn't exist. Uh, all right, man. So, um, so, uh, y- you just mentioned, uh, a se- uh, not that long ago that, um, you talked about like being all in and then like, but also realizing like your own like frailty and like, you're, you're going to like mess up and you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. And so now this brings us kind of to-, to one of my latter, latter questions of this, of this chat. And that's, um, the idea of like, you know, being restless now, um, and, um, getting at, getting at, uh, the, the, the human, the humanity and the humanness of what it means to be a disciple of God, what it means to like every day, get up and go, um, Mm -hmm. and being aware of of your faults as, as you kind of mentioned. And so I kind of want to hear, you know, what, what that's like in your journey, um, this just your, your day in, day out, um, growing and, and, and tell me a little bit about, you know, um, is there restless restlessness now that you have? Yeah, that's a very, that's a very good question. Um, and here's what I'll say to that. I think that God gives you different desires and different like pushes at different times in your lives, depending on what you need. So I think that like for example, when I first when I first started reading C.S. Lewis, for example, the thing that God needed me to know, um, and the push that I was getting wasn't a push to evangelize. It wasn't a push to share the gospel yet. Um, it was a push towards Him. It was a push towards, all right. I just need you to know that I love you. And that's, and that's all I need you to know for right now. Let's worry about the church later. Let's worry about how you, like how you think you fit into salvation in general later. Right now, I just need you to know that I love you. Um, when I first married Hallie, the push was, okay, I need you to focus on being a good husband. You need to learn how to be a good husband. And what does that mean to be a good husband? Um and that obviously has been an ongoing thing, but I think that was the main push. Again, it wasn't like you don't need to be worrying quite as much about evangelization right now. You're not going to be able to be a good evangelist if you're a crappy husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and so lately, and, and the push has been, all right, Kevin, it's time for you to start moving. And I don't know what that is. And, um, and so, I mean, obviously prayer is something you have to do in order to kind of glean what, the will of God is, but I think, I mean, the push I think lately has been, how are you going to evangelize? How are you going to reach people? Um, and I think that's where I am in terms of my restlessness. My restlessness before was like how to be a good husband. My restlessness before that, does anybody love me? Um, and my restlessness now is I know God loves me. I know that I've been, I'm working to build this awesome, uh, like team with my wife, Hallie, and uh, now the push is, now what can we do? How can we hold up God? How can we hold up our marriage as something um, that gives evidence of the glory of God? And um, yeah, I think that's where I'm restless right now. Uh, so honestly, for everyone listening, prayers would be, would be fantastic. <laughs> But, uh, on this podcast there, there's no plugs for for other things this podcast <laughs> is plugs for prayers <laughs> that's right <laughs> yes oh uh, man that's awesome man um that yeah that's that's so important dude oh my gosh the um what you said about uh how marriage is like the start and and things flow from that oh my gosh man um i i yeah i've only been married uh was almost three months now and uh yeah three whole I, months I know. Um, and I, I've been so convicted, so convicted mm-hmm. about, um, that question. Like, am I taking this serious? You know, um, am I prioritizing this? Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have found in like, it's weird because, you know, before, um, I, I married Sarah, you know, I would be in prayer and like, I would, um, I don't know. My takeaways could be like, you know, I need to, um, uh, I don't know, just, just like little, like little things I need to, I need to work on. Um, 
a lot of times that were like other things, like I need to go do this, I need to go do that, like I need to, you know, whatever, I'm involved with the church, I need to do this. And then now it's mm-hmm. like, I'll leave, you know, time with prayer and I'm just like, I need to uh, do this for Sarah, I need to do that. And it's, so it's like clearly, you know, that is that is um, so important to take that role serious. And, um, and I just keep flashing back to those vows, man, you know, like, and mm-hmm. what you say on the altar is like freaking serious, man. Like you say, yeah. Like it is totally like you're like in sickness and health. Like I will always be there for you. I will always put you first. And mm-hmm. it's like whoa. Like on the day to day, it's like so easy to put yourself first. And uh, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's like it's like wh- what do I want to do? You know. And, and um, mm-hmm. instead of being like, oh, what does my wife need me to do? Oh, there's there's dishes. I, <laughs> I need to yeah, do those. Yeah. And so, um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I'm with you there. Um, I, and I, I'd like to um, ask you, you know, um, so. Uh, with your marriage, with uh, your school, um, you know, with this desire for evangelization, you know, certainly in the same way that you need um, your relationship with your uh, wife to be important, of course, your relationship with God needs to be good too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember seeing you at a little flower, I think on a couple Saturdays ago. Um, I think I'm seeing you once or twice um, at like daily mass recently. And I I thought, and you were with Hallie. I thought it was really cool. I was like, oh, that's awesome to see you guys there together. It was like early, early on a Saturday morning. So Mm -hmm. easy to sleep in. I'm sure like, you know, it's like your your only day to sleep in. Um, And so (laughs) it's, it clearly seems like, you know, your relationship with God is important to your marriage. And so I I just kind of want to hear like, you know, what, why do you, why do you need Jesus now in your life? Like, like why, yeah. Why do you need him? I guess is my question. Why do I need Jesus in my life right <laughs> yeah. now? Um, I mean, nothing makes sense without Jesus at this point. It's just like, it's a very lonely world without God. Um, it's, it's very easy to get lost if you don't have the understanding of, um, number one, if you don't have meaning to what's going on here, because it is really hard to find meaning in your life when you're in a lot of pain. Um, that's the way I've always understood it. Or when you have someone who you love who's in pain. Um, so Christ gives meaning for everything. He doesn't give meaning just for the pain. He gives meaning for like the happy things as well. Um, honestly, see, the ultimate goal would be like, it, it doesn't matter why I think I need Jesus, right? Mm. Um, what matters is that he is God and he deserves to be praised. He deserves to be loved and served and followed. And uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm just doing my part in my way. And like the 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 goal in life is to like do your part as much as you can, try and be as good of a, a servant of God as you possibly can. And um and then God just saves you and brings to heaven as like an added bonus, right? There was, there, was a, there was a Jewish rabbi who I listened to once and he said that you want to be able to get to the point where there's no promised afterlife at all and you are still willing to do everything that he asks you because he is God and you are you. And, that, and I think St. Uh, Catherine of Siena says something similar. Um, but just that having that perspective, like, I mean, I need Jesus because I need to, I'd like to go to heaven. That'd be fantastic. But I also need Jesus because of the natural order of things is that he made me and I am just going to try and be like a, I don't know, if we're going to wax poetical here, try to be like a, a mockingbird or whatever. Mockingbird just sits there and sings its heart out because that's what it was created to do, just to give as much glory to God as you possibly can in the mockingbird song. And so we each have our own songs that we're trying to sing in our own ways. And so the, if you can give as much glory to God in the 80 years that you have here with the little song that you can sing, then that, that fulfills everything you could ever wish for. But wow. I'm going to write that down. Write that down, buddy. I'm I'm tearing (laughs) up. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh man, Kevin! Yeah. Kevin, the biologist, the boxer, the poet. Oh, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. One day, 
One day I'll be a boxer. One day I'll be a biologist. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this and, and then, yeah, absolutely. The more you get to know about science or basically about everything, I guess, the more you get to know about it, the more you realize that you just, wow, I know absolutely nothing. Actually, I don't think anybody knows anything. And we're just kind of trying to get through life as, as best we can. But yeah. Anyway. No, uh, I, you know, um, in our men's group, you know, we've been reading uh, C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. Shout um, out to C.S. Lewis. Ooh, again. Yes. <laughs> How many got to ta- tally that? How many times we've talked about him? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we, you know, we talked about um, one of the really cool things that I loved was like it was it was in the in the first book, Out of the Silent Planet, talking about um, how the the aliens, the people that were on. Um, the the mars planet how they you know mm-hmm. they, they just like did like their nature like they they were what they were intended to be and um and and kind of this you know in a sense a metaphor for like innocence or like you know children and like how we are supposed mm-hmm. to be like children where we just we are we are we are who we're supposed to be and um and uh um i was thinking about that today <laughs> i took uh um my cat uh calvin to the vet today um, get his, his of course, little... you have a cat named Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a dog called Hobbs. You know, no big deal. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. right. Shout out to philosophy uh, comic book lovers. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I was bringing him in, and um, I don't know what happened, but um, he uh, I, I don't know what it was, but he, he had some reaction that was like it was just like total cat reaction. And he and, and he could like if he was a human he would have like you know um, uh, whatever um, had a complex emotion that was like kind of like you know um, like something like a negative a negative emotion to basically but he was a cat so he was just kind of like chill like he just was like whatever and for some in that moment like I don't know why what it was about it but I I just thought like he is he is literally being a cat. Like he's being what he's supposed to be and he's not questioning it. And I know we kind of talked about that in, in our study too. And it, it's, it's such a, it's such a cool point to think about like, you know, am I, um, like why it is good to question things, but sometimes the way that you live your life, like why do I get so stinking complicated with things and get so selfish? Like, why don't I just freaking like, just do what I'm supposed to do. Like, just love my life, mm-hmm. love God, lo- mm-hmm. like love others, you know, mm-hmm. and just, and stop like this complicated, like turning inwards, this complicated, uh, mm-hmm. like sin and just like this confusion and chaos and just ups and downs. And I mean, that's, that's a part of the human experience. That's a, that is a, a sense of part of like the walk. Um, but it's like, man, like, uh, yeah, like I look forward to the day, you know. I guess it won't happen till heaven where I I can finally just like be what I'm supposed to be, and mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think that's a beautiful desire to have. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I think for me, like that's kind of like my my goal is just like I'm as as much as I hate to say it, like I'm going to sin. No, I mm-hmm. don't want to say that, but I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sin, and but the thing that like that I think helps me with my relationship with God as my as like as my father is that. I try to as most honestly like look him in the eye and say, God, I desire with everything I am to like, to actually serve you every day to, to love and to, to like, to avoid sin, whatever the cost, like what we say in the confessional, like, and I think if I can every day mean that more and just a little bit more and more, honestly, more every day, like, I think that's, I think that's what sainthood looks like, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, First of all, I mean, and I know, I know when you say, um, I'm going to sin, it's not like a, it's not like you're trying to put, it's not like you're putting a limit on God's grace. Cause it's one thing that, uh, St. Therese talks about is like, you have to have the faith to believe that God's going to turn you into a saint mm. and that St. Ben is going to be you. And that St. Kevin is going to be me not because of something special about us, but because there's something special about the grace that God is dumping on us all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing. So don't sell, so don't sell, we shouldn't sell ourselves short Mm -hmm. because we we shouldn't be selling ourselves at all. We should be, we shouldn't, we should certainly shouldn't sell God's grace short. Um, 
So everybody listening, yes, you can absolutely be a saint. And yes, when I say saint, I mean that being there on the calendar as Saint X. So go be a saint with the grace of God. Um, that's the first thing. Um, the other thing is, uh, yeah, absolutely. Sanctity is is just trying over and over and over again. If you can have the perspective that, okay, I'm going to just really, really try. And then all of a sudden, if something happens and you fall, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, God, I'm going to try it over again. It's like, oh, God, it's like the way that God sees us and St. Maria talks about this as well. Um, he sees, it's almost like he sees us as this little like child and, and I don't have any kids yet, but I've had like little siblings and even just my little siblings. Like if I see one of them standing up and then trying to walk towards me or walk towards mom and dad um, and they fall and they get up and they try again, that means so much to mom and dad to see like, or even to me just as an outside observer to see that, okay, they're going to, they're going to try it again, even though it's very likely that they're going to fall. Um, and I think God looks at us the same way. It's like, oh, just just do it. I'm gonna keep on dumping grace on you until until you're perfect and 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 you're gonna keep on trying to be perfect. But that's what that's that's what makes up sanctity. So Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh I think there's this tendency, I think, especially as we get older and we kinda get like it's easy to get comfortable in your walk and mm-hmm. and um just whatever just get, get like lukewarm, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it, it, Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to, to, um, I don't want to say stay on the ground, but like, kind of like, uh, just kind of like take it easy or like, um, just like be like, okay with like being on the ground. I I think, I think it's okay to like be in a sense, like be easy on yourself. Like you don't want to like be, I guess, over scrupulous, but, but it's that, uh, what I'm definitely getting after and, and kind of like in that example of like that child is like, it's just like that, um, the like burning desire to get up again and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and not just kind of like, Oh, it's, it's okay. Like that, that I'm here. Or like, let's just take our time. But like that fire, like I, like now is the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. like every day it's like, now is the time. Um, mm-hmm. always, always, you know, thinking like, like, you know, if this is my last day kind of mentality, right. which I think is healthy and Yeah. And also it it matters how you see your mistakes. Like if you see your mistakes, it's like, oh my gosh, I've let God down. This is the most horrible thing that could ever be. I mean, it's, I guess it's good to see sin for what it is, which is, I think we learned this from the Old Testament that God takes sin very seriously. Um, but if you see your sin as not, how to put this you don't have to see yeah so you don't have to see sin from your perspective necessarily you can see the act of you sinning as god being okay this is an opportunity for me to dump mercy on him and also he probably needs more grace so here's some mercy here's some grace get back up so if you see your failure and and, then you and if i see if i sin and then i sit around and i wallow in that sin not only am i uh I'm, I'm like you were mentioning earlier, I'm like turning inwards again. I'm focusing on myself and I'm not allowing for the mercy of God, number one, and then for the grace of God, which is moving from that position ever upward. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. So let the mercy of God into your life because that's super important. Everyone else listening, I'm just gonna be dropping these bombs the rest of the podcast. <laughs> dropping the boot. <laughs> That spiritual beat. Um, mm-hmm. Well, man, well, like, we're getting close to wrapping it up here. Um, oh, geez, yeah. So, yeah, man, no, this has been awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, I guess, like, kind of where you're at now with your faith. You mentioned the the restlessness that you have now to, like, to move um, and what evangelism looks like. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you basically talked about, um, like, why you need Jesus now which I think is an important question. Um, and the reason why I asked you that is because, um, uh, I kind of talked about this in a couple other podcasts, but I'm really trying to get away from the whole, uh, you know, the, um, some people, some people, uh, are, are pushed away from the faith because of the prosperity gospel message. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, that's kind of part of this podcast too, is like being honest with like, don't have it all together. That's why I believe in God. <laughs> and so, and so it's always yeah. helpful, like for people to share, you know, like, 
um, like, you know, why you're, what's bringing you to your knees every day, you know, um, and, and we just talked about that just now, like kind of sin and, and, and why we're get why we need to get back up again. And so a- anything else before we wrap it up, anything else to share about that? Anything at all? About the, uh, the process of like, what's bringing you to your knees and what's, what, what we need God for. Um, I guess that there's, if there's one thing that I could emphasize, it's first of all, anytime you're looking at yourself, you're just going to have a bad time <laughs> because I mean, I think it was St. Francis who said it, but I don't know for sure is that we don't have, we have absolutely nothing that is ours except for our sin. Like God made us and he made us to be good. And the only thing we contributed to us was sin. So <laughs> anytime that we're like self-reflecting, I mean, it's, it's good to self-reflect, but if you're focused on yourself, you're just going to be sad. So focus on God, focus on what he can do in your life. Realize that what he can do in your life is, is a lot more than what you actually think you can do. Um, surround yourself with God. Honestly, if there's one thing I can recommend is that you read scripture every single day. That was one of the biggest changes for me in terms of my first faith journey is I was like, okay, I'm a Catholic. So that means I don't know scripture. So I should probably read scripture. And so then it's just been reading scripture every single day and surrounding yourself with the word of God. And if you surround yourself with the word of God, he ceases to become a mystery. And um, again, he becomes a person or three persons, I guess that you can interact with, you can pray with. So, all right, everybody, listen up. Number one, read scripture every day. Number two, pray every day. Number three, don't focus on yourself. You're not that important. And yeah, and do Brazilian (laughs) (laughs) jiu-jitsu. That was the best answer I've had for for that question so far. It's like, just turn the question on its head. Like, (laughs) it ain't about you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That, that, that That's a very helpful, like uh, healthy way of looking at it. Um, that's awesome, man. Uh, well, well maybe this, you know, you, you mentioned, um, uh, you know, surround yourself with God and that he's a person and this person is the Trinity. So maybe as a way of wrapping it up, um, um, when you're in prayer, when you're in scripture, you know, um, what is like, who is God to you now? You know, like, like who's God to me now? Yeah. Like, like for me, uh, the whole fatherhood son, sonship thing is like definitely, um, a, a real deal. And, um, the more, and, and it's, it's weird because sometimes it's, it's that, but sometimes it's just, it's almost like a, like a, a spousal marriage, which sounds weird, but it's like, it's like, honestly there are times where i'm in prayer and it's like it's it's like uh, it's like when you're on a date with your wife you're like this is amazing and like nothing else matters right now like this is more important than like hanging out with my bro and it's like that but with god it's like and obviously like sarah's like number two but it's like Mm -hmm. in prayer it's like i'm i'm getting to, to know him and i'm like like you are all that matters and, and I'm like growing in this love and like, and, and at the end of the prayer, there's just times where I'm almost like, I don't want it to, and not every time, not every time. Mm-hmm. There are definitely times where I'm like, I'm like, I got, I want to get out of here. Cause I'm like stressed mm-hmm. about stuff. But like, sometimes I have that desire, praise be God for that. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I do sense like this, like this, like this is relationship is like growing slowly every day. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's me. But for you, like, what is that relationship looking like now? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, the relationship with God is like all relationships. I mean, it will have its ups and downs. I mean, the good news, at least from an intellectual standpoint, is if there's anything wrong, you know whose fault it is. It's because it's not God's. <laughs> so, um, so there's always things to work on in your relationship with God. Um in terms of just like, who is God to me now? Oh, dude, it's, that's such a, that's such a good question. And in, and it goes back to like, who do you say that I am? Who does, I don't know. I, I, when I, when I think of God, I think of God as being like, and I go back to C.S. Lewis over and over again. 
I see him as being like the answer to all the questions that I've never known I've had, I guess. It's like, and again, like it's just, it's just, I got to go back to that longing. See, as Lewis talks about that longing, how we had this longing for something that's just, it's almost like, it's almost like this entire world is like a veil. And then just past this veil, there's something, it's a place that we're supposed to be. It's a per- person with whom we're supposed to be. And God is just someone calling from the other side of the veil. And I don't know. God's the entity that gives me meaning in my life. He's the person who is able to get me through the good times and the bad times. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's an ongoing thing. I think that my understanding of God has changed and matured or gotten younger as as I've gotten older. So um, I don't know. It's a it's a fluid concept at this point, Ben. I'll have to go with that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I, I I love that that that, um, yeah, reaching for the other side, man. That's awesome. That that's definitely I'm with you, man. You should listen to the song uh, "Where I Belong" by Switchfoot. All right. Wait, is that the one from from Prince the Caspian? Prince. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, different different song. Um, but it's all about like um, reaching for heaven and and like the moment like meeting God. Anyways. Okay. Check it out, listeners. Check it out. Check it out. Ben dropping music bombs on everybody. Everyone listen to Switchfoot. Check it out. And then read C.S. Lewis. Yes. C.S. Lewis shout out for the 20th mm-hmm. time. <laughs> well, this has been awesome, Kevin. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. Yeah, dude. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. And uh, yeah, let me know if you want me back on because it'd be super sick to do this one more time. So. Oh, you know it, man. <laughs>